0: Welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. Bobby Darren here with the one and only Sean Brown. We're talking a little Rutgers football, little Rutgers recruiting.
1: A lot going on. Sean,
0: how are you?
1: You know, I'm good, Bobby. It's uh, you know, you've been watching other conferences play football, but uh, excited to see some some Big Ten football this weekend, and you know, curious to see what what uh, Shiano and the staff roll out with uh, with his uh, Rutgers roster. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a mystery, I
0: mean, and with with the COVID and and no, uh, you know, nobody really knows what this team's going to look like. You know, Seattle's got a kind of a makeshift version of, of of training camp and uh who are you most interested to see uh when when the lights well when the when the ball is kicked off. They're not playing under the lights on Saturday, but who are you willing uh who are you waiting to see when the
1: lights come on? You know, I think I think like most people um just interested to see what happens at the quarterback position, you know, because you have you know Vedral coming in as a grad transfer, and I think the the common observer would assume you know he was brought in by this this new staff, you know, so they, they figure he's he's the guy that they want in there. They recruited him because there was a a gap to fill, you know. You, you had Art returning, but he hadn't he hadn't entrenched himself as As a starter, you know, you know, with the coaching change, so you know, curious to see, I'm curious to see how how arts improved. I, I always thought that it was going to take him some time, you know, to really click at the college level, because that was the, the thing I had heard about him going, um, you know, from high school to, to college, just that needing that time, needing that time to immerse himself in the system. Oh, everyone knows, all the other tools are there, um, but to go through all the coaching changes and and whatnot. Uh, you know, so I'm curious to see how it clicks for him. You know, so I'm sure that was a, a heck of a battle they've had in, in training camp. So I'm curious to see who's the guy, you know, taking that first snap. And it's, it's funny, people always reference Gleason's offense at Princeton and how they would play multiple quarterbacks at the same time. So, yeah, I, I would have quite the laugh if he, you know, he trots out uh, Sikowski, Vidro and then Pacheco as a former high school quarterback in the <laughs> backfield at the same time to, to open the game against Michigan State. That would be something. I, I it's probably uh, that would be an interesting twist. Uh, I would.
0: I'm I'm going with Vedra. I'm, I think he's going to be the starter. But you know, I, I think you got to keep an eye on it too, Sean. There's there's not been a lot of success at the quarterback position. So you know, if a guy's not doing it, you know, it, it, they might be quick to to yank him. I mean, do do you think they give the starter a, a, a legit amount of time? A couple games, three games, you know, half a game. What what, what are you expecting out of that?
1: I mean, I don't think you, you know, you've had a battle. Um, I mean, I don't if you if you have a guy and you're comfortable with him, I don't think you want to have him looking over his shoulder and and playing tight because he's afraid to make mistakes. Right. So, you know, give give that guy a leash, you know, whoever, whoever they choose to be the starter, give him a leash, you know, let him, you know. Be the man, run the team, and let him feel comfortable. And let him know that that he's your guy. They, uh, you know the musical chairs; they should they should try to avoid. And actually, you know I'm I'm looking at the two deep right now. You know you have Giovanni uh, Haskins, who played a lot of high school quarterback, and uh, Aaron Krushenko who did. all. So if you want to get real freaky, you got a few guys that played quarterback <laughs> uh, in, in their high school days in the offense. They're gonna be in that uh that uh first spot in the two deep. Okay, um, yeah, the two D came out, and uh, you know it was uh, some of what we
0: expected, some surprises. There's an interesting one. The center position, you had an orb between C.J. Hansen and Brendan Bordner. It's interesting because we haven't seen any of them at the college level. Uh, I mean, it, it really snapping the ball. Um, you know, you know those guys as recruits, more so Hanson because he was locally. Uh, Bordner, you know, had had a lot of offers. You know, he had some talent, uh, but it really never seemed to to manifest into a starting job. He played a little backup duty on defense. Uh, what did you see out of Hanson? Because I know you went to see him play. Um, what do you see out of him that, that makes him, you know, worthy of a starting job or, or just as, as a center in
1: general? I mean, you know, obviously big athletic guy you know moves well um and he played primarily in the interior um and also you know some some right tackle for um for St. John Vianney and and a leader a guy that you know knew the offense was a leader on the offensive line was a leader for that offense uh in high school for Vianney um you know so he you know and he has that strength that you want in the interior but also the intellect it, as well, it, you know, I, I always remember talking to some, some college offensive line coaches and when I get it, when I get their ear, I ask them, you know, it's like you, you got two linemen, you know, both the same size, both, you know, six, four, whatever, whatever, same dimensions, you know, and you have one guy playing tackle versus one guy playing in the interior, you know, what's in your opinion, what's the difference? And they say, you know it's a bar fight in there. You, you got to be able to be nasty and, and, and mix it up and be able to move people around and Hanson. He has, he has those traits uh, to be able to be a guy that can thrive in the interior for the offense. And,
0: you know, offensive line, I think is going to, you know, we, we seem to say this every year, it's going to be a determining factor on, on how the offense plays. And, and it could lead into, you know, how the overall team plays. Um, you know, you have Rayquan O'Neal, who comes in with a ton of talent. I, I really like the kid. Very athletic. Seems like maybe this is his breakout year. He had some injuries last year. You know, opposite him, Reggie Sutton, he's nice athleticism as well. Um, but, you know, not a lot of starting experience. Then you got uh, Cedrice Pallant from junior college. You know, he hasn't played at this level, uh, Hanson or Bordner. And then you have Nick Krimmon, the elder statesman, the veteran of the bunch. Um I, I, do you see this unit as being the, the key to success for the offense?
1: I mean, most definitely, you know, because, I mean, you know they're going to want to run the ball um, from looking at Gleason's history, you know, in in you know, even Chiana, what he did in, in his past and as the head coach of Rutgers, you know, they're going to want to run the ball. And like with any offense, you, you got to win up front. Um, I mean, the, the skill players, there's there's experienced guys. Uh, out wide that are starting um, and you have the crew sink transfer in there, but if they, if they can't get a push up front and, you know, Pacheco was probably the most talented guy on that offense There's a lot of talk of him being a, you know, NFL guy, um, you know, so if they can't get a push up front to get him going, you know, it, it's going to be tough for them to, to get things going in the passing game and, and protect the quarterbacks. We obviously saw if, if arts, the guy uh, just, you know, the hits he took and, and, happy, happy feet uh, at the quarterback position, lean to a lot of those turnovers. Um, and then, you know, Vidro, who knows? But at any quarterback, you want to keep them upright. Um, you want to be able to let them make plays. So if, if the offensive line can't get a push, um, you know, make things difficult, you know, have the offense in more third and seven, third and eighths, it's going to be tough uh, for the QBs to make plays. So, they, you know, these guys have to be impact. Uh, there's a lot of new new faces in here, especially at center. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how they put it together.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, every year,
1: like I said, we seem to talk about that. There's usually
0: a new coordinator, a new coach, same thing going on. But this year kind of has a different feel. I mean, Greg Ciano being back, uh, he seems to have put together a decent coaching staff. Uh, He has more support staff, more quality control guys. it just seems like that there's there's more optimism, there's more uh, of a realistic expectation for this team to turn things around. But what's what do you think the realistic expectation is for this season? I mean, is it is it just to be competitive? Is it is it you know maybe eke out some of those games? Because to me, it seems like they're not ready to compete with the Big Ten elite.
1: But it, it's gonna have to be a baby step season. Yeah, I agree. You know, actually, um, I don't know if you saw it, Bobby, I think it was, uh, you know, former Ohio State coach Urban Meyer was on the Big Ten network and he, you know, he predicted Rutgers would would surprise a few teams and upset a few teams this year. Uh, when I looked at the schedule, I, I personally thought the best case scenario was was four and four for for the with this with the schedule, not including that, that I think 10th game where they don't match up, you know, whoever ranked similar in the Western Conference uh, or the Western half of the Big Ten. You know, I I, I like for them having Michigan State to open up since, you know, coaching stats started late there, not having the ability to have a spring practice also um, due to COVID and whatnot. And, you know, if with that team, I think that's the best chance to catch them uh, during the season. You know, but then there's a lot of talk about this being the best Indiana team in a long time. Uh, I saw another one of the Big Ten coaches reference that, how good they're supposed to be. Then you have Ohio State after that, you know, Illinois is supposed to be decent, but it's one of the, you know, lesser talented teams on the schedule, you know, obviously you got Michigan, you know, Purdue, you know, so it's, it's, it's tough. I think four and four is, is the best case scenario. Um. You know, on this schedule. But I think like you mentioned, if it's being competitive, uh, if they're if they're in most of their games, if they're not, you know, getting blown out by the Ohio States of the world and the Penn States of the world and it's it's competitive um, and also from a f- recruiting perspective showing the traits of the things that they're they're telling these recruits. The offensive recruits are looking to see an exciting up-tempo offense, and the defensive recruits are are looking to see that aggressive Shiano defense, uh, aggressive special team. So being able to implement the things that they're telling on a recruiting trail. So even if, you know, the record isn't that great, showing recruits, we told you we were going to do this, we did this, we need you now, we need more talent to be able to, you know, Better advance ourselves in the conference. So also, instilling the things that they're preaching uh, to the recruits, I think, is really important.
0: Yeah. And, you know, f- that is uh, four and four. I think fans would take that in a heartbeat. Um, but I- I'm not as optimistic. You know, I, I think it's going to take a little longer. I just. Uh, but then again, you know, you could find lightning in a bottle few of those games. It's it's tougher for me to say because you usually have the benefit of watching training camp. Well, and um, all we've seen was some few WebEx things that uh, really haven't seen anything. I mean, it's really secretive. So it, it's it. I'm curious to see what, what they look like on both sides of the ball. And you know, Shiano has been known to, to doctor up some things on defense and really do some some good things and I think if he can get that started again, they'll give him a chance because if you can keep the other team from scoring you know, you don't have to light up the scoreboard to, to get a W uh, you remember some of those games, I mean I remember covering the game that they won on a Blair Bain, Blair Bain, Bines, I'm sorry Blair Bynes safety um, I think it was 12-10, they beat Connecticut and you know, it was a good win, it was it was kind of an ugly win, but um, I if he can bring that back uh it'll really really help things out and uh, i mean some of these transfers and and uh elorm lumar coming back i think it's really going to help the defense i mean uh, are you expecting big seasons you know you've seen some of these guys as recruits the ola kunle fatukasi taishan fogg um lumar mike tovertoff can these guys really put it together and, and and really have a stalwart type of defense you know maybe not throughout the season but in those winnable games
1: well, you know, it's it's interesting. I think it was, um you know, our, our national director of recruiting, uh, of scouting, Barton Simmons, he does a, a deep dive on depth charts, and he released his on the Big Ten this week and, or yesterday. And he mentioned uh, he looked at the roster, and I think he saw Rutgers was one of the few, if not the only school uh, in the Big Ten that did not have a 300-pounder up front uh, versus, like, Wisconsin, which I think had, like, five or six guys. And, you know, th- and that was the thing, right, When when Rutgers got into the Big Ten under Kyle Flood, you know, Flood was following what Shiano did with the undersized offensive linemen. Uh, they were getting pushed around, and they were, you know, like, okay, we need to get bigger up front. Um, and he left, you know, Ash came in. They, they tried to resolve that, didn't work. And it's interesting seeing Shiano go back to that, essentially, with with this defense. But I, I wonder if it's, it's a strategy thing between, you know, the offense will be going up tempo. You know, there may be a lot of three and outs and things of that nature. So, Having lighter, faster defensive alignment, and maybe trying to build some depth. Um, you know, it's 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 an interesting strategy. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it works. Uh, if if it backfires with with this really light defensive front, but there's you know a lot of talent. You know, you and I really like to vert off, um coming out of Union. Uh, you know, Luminor. It's good to have a really experienced guy back and playing that probably are defensive end. uh. So it's good to have a really experienced guy back um, and having him in the defense and someone that's had some success, you know, Dwan 4 wasn't a star at Michigan, but he was, he was effective. He, he played a lot. He made some plays in there. So it's good to have a experienced guy in there that, you know, presumably we play in the nose and then, you know, it's, you know, seeing Jutman, I know Jutman was a guy that, you know, the Ash regime really loved and they thought he was a steal um, out of Sweden. Uh, so seeing him get the, you know, the, the start up front, but then you have Julius Turner, you know, who has a lot of experience being able to rotate in there. Um, so that it seemed like they're, they're building some depth up front. You know, everyone talks about this linebacker core. There's, there's a lot of experience there. A lot of guys that played a lot of games and that's probably the best part of that defense. So, you know, if, The defensive line can do some things, you know, to free up the linebackers, let them make some plays. You know, it it can be interesting. Uh, And then, you know, you look at the secondary, that addition of, of Brandon White, who played a lot of good football at Ohio State, gives you an experienced leader in that secondary Izian made a lot of plays, um, you know, in this time at safety, you know, as a returning starter. Uh, and then, you know, you got Avery Young uh, and then Trey Avery, and then have some experience at corner um, and Kess Abraham who could play some nickel. So it's, it's, you know, they have some experience back there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that defensive front gels.
0: Yeah, and I was surprised to see the lightweights. You know, you said Robin Jugretan, uh, you know, I don't know if everybody's totally familiar with his background and you know, guy guy from Sweden and and I, I kinda liked him when he came in as a as a true freshman and then, you know, had this had to kinda, you know, use that year to get bigger and and I, I thought he did well. I, I but you know, a two hundred and sixty five pound guy on the interior, you, you have to you have to really, you know, be quick in there and, ha- and have some moves. Um, We saw this through the first Shiano era. Remember when when he would have the undersized um, defensive lineman? I mean, Scott Valone started 54 games. I don't know if he ever crossed the 270-pound mark or yeah. maybe it's 275, you know. But, I mean, he was effective. He, he, was, he was a really good player. But, um, you know, the Big Ten, is it's it's big in the trenches. So I'm curious to see how those guys fare and what kind of schemes they're really going to run you know, what, what kind of blitzing? And, and you remember, Ciano used to blitz a lot the first time around. He used to like to send the safeties. You know, Joe Lafedge made a mark, and in being a guy, Ciano used to say really uncoils. Um, remember, he laid out the—I uh, think it was a Syracuse quarterback—and knocked him out of the game, if, if I remember correctly. But um, I, I expect to see a lot of that. Uh, you know, you know, disguising blitzes from certain areas—not not just traditional. And, and it'll be nice to watch because I feel like they didn't do that with the pass regime. Chris Ash was supposed to be this defensive guru, but they had Torre drop him back into coverage. You know, I never quite got that one. But, um, you know, that that our position was kind of like, you know, just switch to a three, four. That was that was my uh, my take on that. But um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I like what you said about the secondary, too. I think with Fran Brown and Greg Schiano also plays a part in coaching the cornerbacks. Um, I, I think you're going to see Avery Young take a step up. And if Trey Avery can stay healthy, kids got a lot of talent. Remember, he was an Ohio State commit coming out of high school.
1: Yeah, so yeah.
0: Um, I, I think you're right. I think the defense could really start to put some things together. And then it becomes a question, well, can the offense really, uh, you know, kind of take advantage of that and, and, and score some points? And if it's an up-tempo offense and they're going three and out, you know, I don't think the defense is going to be too happy. So, um uh, you know Michigan State's coming in or they're going into Michigan State. Excuse me. Um, you know that's another new program. Mel Tucker. I mean, what do you what do you think about them? I mean, is it is it the same kind of surprise as we expected? Michigan State's kind of had a, a little bit of a tailspin in recent years.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the maybe the, the the lucky thing for Rutgers is that Mel Tucker brought a lot of guys over from Colorado, so I'm sure. They're, they're watching some of the stuff Colorado did last year to pick up on some tendencies uh, that, that Michigan State may implement uh, going forward. But like you mentioned, I mean, there's, there's a lot of talent in that program. Uh, there are a lot of off the field things that, I, you know, although he, he retired uh, Mark D'Antoni, I think, you know, had, had, had done him in and it seemed like it was going to happen one way or another. So, I'm sure, you know, cleaning up the culture are are some of the things that that Tucker and staff uh, have to put into play. But there's no denying that that talent that they have there at Michigan State. But it's it's a matter of, you know, can can they gel quick enough? Having your coach hired in February, getting a staff together and, and, you know, like I said, every every school in the country has had to deal with COVID. But, you know. For them, it's it's probably been a bit more difficult, just not having had as much face time uh, with their players, you know. So th- there's talent there, uh, you know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see the product that they put on the field. I mean, it's not like Tucker lit the world on fire. Mm-hmm. His his year at Colorado, you know, he he's known, you know, as, as a great recruiter, uh, and obviously what he's done as a defensive coordinator at Stops in Georgia. You know, he'll he'll have the defense up and going. Uh, but you know, curious to see. It, it, there's a lot of questions also what. What Michigan State will roll out at quarterback? Um, it's not like they've been known as a, a prolific offense in recent years, so this this couldn't this couldn't be a low scoring affair. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a lot of points on the board in the East Lansing this weekend. Uh, so maybe another twelve ten game decided on a Blair
0: Bynes safety. We'll name that player. <laughs> maybe Robin Juderton safety. maybe if that is we should I wonder if that's a prop bet can we get that in for for some millionaires I think off that one (laughs) but um I guess you know it's just nice to see the return of football I mean you know it's tough people say who's gonna win what's the prediction it's you know if if we started spitting out scores it, it would just be like reaching for numbers I think you know, week two we'll be able to get to see teams and watch them full games and, and really see what they got. But um, it, it's just exciting to see football return. The last year we have, I mean, it's been a it, it's been. Tough on a lot of people, so to, to just to see the game played and and I think it's it's a success there. So um, I, that's what I'm looking forward to see. I'm just looking forward to see Big Ten football. These other games are on, and and, and you know covering the Big Ten, it, it really can't get is into the other ones as much. So um I, I guess it's just, it just comes with familiarity. But uh, John Brown, thank you. Um, any final thoughts on the game uh, this week? Anything in general?
1: Um, you know, a, a little recruiting wise, um, you know. Uh, our national recruiting analyst, Brian Doan, uh, he had published his article for the top risers in the East. And uh, I did get a chance to see uh, Desmond Ibn earlier early this year against, uh, against uh, Eastern, made the trip down to South Jersey, I think it was a three or four touchdown game. And you know you definitely see the improvement he's made. And because uh, last year was the first time starter for Union, um, even as the season progressed, you saw him take leaps. And in this year, he's he's really that focal point of that offense. And you can tell he's he's thinking less uh, and, and just kind of playing football and just letting his athleticism take over. And now you know where there were questions about. You know, maybe he's not an offensive guy. Maybe, maybe he's like an H back type if he plays offense. Maybe he's a linebacker. Um, you know, I, I think you know he definitely could either play a safety or maybe even a receiver for Rutgers when he gets on campus. And then uh, um, he bumped from eighty four to eighty six. Uh, Elijah Clark of Camden, the first commit of the class, who's had a really strong year. You know, you saw him live already. Uh, Brian saw him live uh, last weekend and he bumped to 89. So he's on the cusp uh, of being a four star and, you know, to be that big and to be as fast and as fluid athletic as he is, it's, it's not a shock that he's made a leap. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him make another leap um, as they review tape later in the year. Uh, and then, you know, the, the recent commitment um, from, from Illinois Rochelle, he is uh he's a burner. Uh, you know, I, w- I was talking to our, our Midwestern analyst, uh, Alan True. And he was telling me that he had tested at the uh, UC uh, report camp. He, I think, had the number one broad jump nationally, uh, 11 feet. He ran an, uh, a, a 4.49 laser 40-yard dash. Uh, I think he was in the top three in all the testing categories. So, you know, that's, you know, obviously Rutgers getting Ryan Keel Keeler in this class, 2021. This commitment in 2022, uh, they're definitely making an impact. In the Midwest, expanding the state of Rutgers, and you know it's they're they really making an emphasis on speed as well. That's evident in this commitment. Hey, remember when they brought in Lester
0: Herb? He was supposed to be this guru recruiting uh, Chicago, the Illinois area. Now we had to wait until this this staff to come in to get him. He, I don't think he ever got anybody out there. <laughs>
1: uh yeah, you know what? You're yeah, I had to think like I you you gotta like look in in the database and see he he didn't really make the impact out there. But you know now. They're they're definitely doing some things, and you know it helps you. You and I see Keeler. He's he's on the internet when I mean, he's not in class. He's on the internet. <laughs> he he's he's recruiting guys. Uh, you know, and it, it helps to have a guy that had that type of recruitment in your recruiting class that can sing the praises of your class. And now now you see um you see Rashad Rochelle. He's singing those same praises on social media about Rutgers, you know, so it's, it's, it's good for them to get high impact guys like this um, commitments in this class and singing the praises on top of what they've been doing in New Jersey in this class.
0: Yeah, Killer's been, you know, Killer's a guy who had over 30 offers, so uh, you know that 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 was a big time commitment that they got there, and and it's a shame that they cut football in his state because he's made such progress since last year. It would have been nice to to see him during that senior season, but he'll be at Rutgers um, in January, so uh, another good get by Greg Sciano and company. So um, with that, Sean Brown, thank you for the recruiting information as well. Always, uh, you can see Sean on, on the message board at any time with the roundtable. Um, we'll keep bringing you stuff. Uh, this is Bobby Darren, we'll see you next time.